welcome back to page eight and today i'm joined by our sports reporter grace heim hey guys uh week two is now in the books and we have uh many shakeups in the sec right now alabama falling to texas going from third to 10th in the nation georgia still having some problems on their offensive side of the ball still looks very dominant defensively cleaning up some things here and there but let's get into what we're here for auburn versus cal what did you think of it super late game not much happened wasn't too exciting auburn did come out on top with that 14 to 10 win um i think you could claim it was more of a defensive win for auburn than offensive but they did get it done yeah, the off- offense struggled throughout the game. Four turnovers, not great. That was – we shouldn't have been in that game. The tires struggled. Defense held them in. The four turnovers were rough. We had three, which were fumbles, and one being an interception. I don't feel like we have a fluid offense at the moment. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Um, We had six first downs in the first three quarters, which is not a great stat. It's not going to serve us well getting into conference play. Got to be able to convert on those. I think we're going to have to pass the ball better. Thorne is not doing a great job consistently there. He does have some good passes when they're set up well, but he's just not consistent enough there yet. Yeah, Thorne, I, I think he's the better passer of the two. But I've said this before, I, Ashford has the higher ceiling. We just haven't seen it from Ashford yet, of if he has that ability to take over the starting role. Thorne, I think, will still kind of be used as the main passer because, I mean, Freeze still says he wants to stick with the dual QB kind of system, which I don't know how I feel about. It never really works, in my opinion. I mean, what do you think? I don't think it's going to work when we're getting into more uh, SEC conference games, Power 5 games. I think Freeze is still trying to give Ashford a chance to prove himself in the offensive system because I think he said again today that he thinks that Thorne still knows the system better and looks at practice like he knows the offensive system better. I think Ashford is just riding his heels, and I just think it's unclear – who's going to succeed more, um, and they're just kind of like at each other's feet right now. And in my opinion, one doesn't look too much better than the other. I think you can throw either one of them in. I wish either one of them would play more snaps in a game and we wouldn't change them out so much and to give either Thorne a chance to stay in a game and get more reps or give Ashford that chance and kind of see who comes out on top as just switching them out. Yeah, I think it's like uh, when you – I've heard like when – when two running backs are really utilized in a game, it's hard for them to get a rhythm going. Yeah. And I could imagine that being very tough for a QB to have a rhythm going with their QBs, you know, I mean, being warmed up and having that chemistry because you're always switching between like, oh, Robbie's going to be in this, you know, drive, and then you're going to have Thorne come in. It's And I feel like it can become predictable for us, like using Robbie in the red zone like that. Like people are going to know, okay, we're going to run probably 90% of the time if Robbie's in. That's what's going to happen. So I think that I agree with it. It's going to probably be detrimental to uh, the Tigers going forward into SEC play. That's it's going to be tough. I think a lot of SEC defenses will sniff that out. And But luckily, the Tigers' defense did kind of stand up, made some plays behind uh, Eugenio Sante. I mean, just incredible performance by him. 12 total tackles, and then he had a – one sack, and then a tack- and one and a half uh, tackle for a loss, which is incredible. 
I mean, especially for that game, I mean, the only bright side from that game, such a rough just game all overall to watch late at night here on the east side of the uh, <laughs> national televised dealing with things like that. That was rough game to stay up. I don't know if you had stayed up watched entirely, but whew, not great. Yeah, talk about a defensive struggle there. But on that defensive side of the ball, Eugene Asante was named the SEC Co-Defensive Player of the Week this week um, for his performance in that game. He recorded a career-high 12 tackles and then one-and-a-half tackles for loss. So that is a positive coming out of that game for Auburn and for Auburn's defense, which is encouraging to see. Um, I think the past couple seasons we've heard – so much about Auburn's defense carrying them through, and it just hasn't happened. And so this is truly one of those games where Auburn's gotten to rely on that defense and have them kind of carry them to the win. And so it's encouraging to see when things just are not clicking yet on the offensive side of the ball to have your defense keep you in a game. So props to Freeze and Asante and the Tigers' defense for sticking in that late-night game. Yeah, I'm going to have to bite my tongue on that. I've been – a naysayer of the defense. I thought the defense would be the one to regress this year. Completely wrong on that. I was highly impressed. I was. I thought honestly our defense is going to regress because we've lost so many pieces to the draft over the few past few years, and it has like we've had to rely on the defense these past few years, and the offense just continues to to just struggle to do something like get in the red zone. Because I mean, really, the like our offense never had anything going in that game even like when we scored those drives where we got in those positions because of the defense I've always been leery especially after last year of a quote-unquote revamped Auburn defense Freeze has come in I think he's done a good job and it was an encouraging thing to see okay going to other SEC's teams obviously Alabama losing to Texas I mean what did you think of that to be honest I think Alabama is lacking two things right now a good offensive coordinator which is more of a big problem and then I just don't think Jaden Milrow is the Alabama quarterback that we've seen in the years past he doesn't have I would argue the football knowledge that someone like Jalen Hurts Bryce Young has and so he's having to rely more I think on better play calls on play calls that don't have him making decisions of someone who has a really high football IQ. I think he needs the help of some solid play calls, and he's just not getting those. So I think Alabama is either going to have to find a quarterback that has a better football IQ than Milrow or work a system to where he's getting just more time to figure out what he's doing. Yeah, Milrow, that's another thing I was wrong about so far. I was kind of, I wasn't like as high on him as Bryce Young. But I thought he would be good enough to at least keep Alabama steady this season to get them through like a like I wouldn't expect I was not expecting them to lose Texas. I'm just gonna be honest. I did not thought they would, you know, be playing at home too. That it was a big surprise because Quinn Ewers had sh- shown some struggles. I mean, last year coming into the game against Alabama at Texas, Quinn Ewers looked great. Like he was throwing like he was playing out of his mind pretty much. Then gets hurt rest of the season, struggles. I was thinking, all right, it's gonna we're gonna see the struggling Texas offense because you got Bijan Robson not no longer there, but I was wrong. I, Texas came in there, and I think what we've seen is kind of a blueprint to be Alabama the last two years with Tennessee and now Texas both just airing out the ball on Alabama's defense. There, I mean, the secondary has struggled to. If you have a elite deep threat wide receiver, you can beat Alabama by just throwing it deep on them. 
Yeah, especially, and I think different from that Tennessee game, high scoring, I believe like 52 to 49 game, is you didn't have Milrow putting points on the board offensively for uh, for Alabama. So they weren't able to do offensively what they have in those games where they have had that deep ball threat. And so they're really going to have to find a solution there when their defense is just letting things happen. Yeah, that's – I mean, it's kind of been surprising because we're used to seeing a Saban defense. But, I mean, years past that has slowly deteriorated and focused more on the offensive side because, I mean, that's, that's the way the – the kind of the league of the college football is headed. It's just all offense. You know, you got USC with Caleb Williams just balling out. You got now Shador Sanders at Colorado, just all these incredible offensive weapons. So it's kind of like if you, I feel like to be a top team, you have to kind of have a good QB that's going to be able to like win you games a bit. Cause we've seen that from Alabama with Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. And, the only team that we kind of haven't really seen that from has been Georgia, which but they have this year been struggling offensively to get going early in games. Once they get going, they're good, but like still not putting up any points really in the first quarter against Ball State. That's that's pretty rough. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, and I think Georgia was in a similar situation last season, and people were quick to question what they were going to do offensively, but they're still putting up upwards 40, 50 points on teams. Um their offense is scoring a lot more than any other offense in the SEC. So I'm quick to question how good Georgia is. They still look great. Their offense looks, looks great. Their defense even better. So I think Georgia is going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I think they would be just fine too. I just think they're not as strong as they are in years past. I mean, their defense still looks pretty good, but I jokingly said to my roommate this week saying three points to Ball State, I don't think we used, uh, would see that over the last two years from Georgia. That, that's, to me, it was kind of like, that's a victory for Ball State, putting up those three points. And seven from UT Martin. Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. I, I usually, I don't feel like Kirby Smart would allow that on defense. That's that's just crazy to think about. But also, again, they literally, whole team pretty much like a first round draft picks out of like over the past two years. With Jalen Carter going, I think, ninth, if I remember, in the draft this past year. Just wild, just how successful that defense has been, been for the uh, Bulldogs and continue to just be the staple of that team. Yeah, and Georgia does face South Carolina this weekend, so this should be a good chance for us to see um, how their offense pans out against a better team. South Carolina, I think, has struggled a little more in their opener than we thought they would. Um, Spencer Rattler doesn't look as solid as some people thought he would. So this will be an interesting matchup to see how South Carolina is going to fare against a dominant Georgia team. So who are some of the teams in the SEC right now that to you look like could be in Atlanta come conference championship week? Because we have, you know, Georgia, it's going to be there. Georgia's going to be there. But of the West teams, you know, like LSU, Alabama, it's, I mean – I, I know Alabama is – they lost to Texas. Texas isn't a bad program. But I'm still leaning to LSU even after that embarrassing loss to Florida State. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I do think it's anyone's game this season. I think it's going to be an exciting slate of SEC football. Um, a lot of games, a lot of good games that are going to have a big holding on who ends up in Atlanta. 
I think LSU has yet to prove themselves. I think they're going to have plenty of chances to do so. I would still have Alabama favored over them. Alabama does have a chance, I think, to lose a couple more games if they're not careful. Obviously, they could lose to LSU. They've got the Tennessee game, which will be a big one for the Vols, uh, coming, looking to beat the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa for the first time in, I believe, 15 years it'll be. So (laughs) it's a hard trek for the Volunteers. They don't look like they could do it right now, but they've still got a lot of chances to get their offense worked out. Um, So Alabama will have that test. They'll have a test in LSU. But I'm not too confident in LSU getting out of even a game like against a team like Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson is having a great season. I think he – can put up a lot of points against the Tigers kind of in a way that Florida State did. So I think LSU is going to have some tests, but they're going to have to prove themselves before they are counted in this conversation of making to Atlanta. For sure, for sure. I mean, you also got Ole Miss, which, I mean, another team that's – and they just beat a top-ranked team in Tulane, even though Tulane was beat up kind of going into the game and especially leaving the game. I thought Tulane personally was going to pull it out there. I was I had Ole Miss in my picks – so I was like, oh, I thought the Greenway had it there for a second, but they did not. But anyway, this weekend we have the start of conference play. Uh, one of the first games to get us started with is LSU at Mississippi State. LSU is favored right now. I could see – I kind of – there's a little part of me that kind of – even though I know I said I was just high on LSU, but I think LSU is going to be a, more of the end-of-the-year kind of team. So I could see them struggling this. Kind of makes me want to pick Mississippi State, but I'm feeling LSU. Who do you think? I'm feeling LSU as well. All right, and then the other games, 15th-ranked Kansas State is headed to Missouri. Kansas State is favored also in this game by five. I think Kansas State, I don't know about Missouri right now this year. I just kind of just hanging around, kind of like how Auburn is, I feel like. I mean, what are you? I'm actually going to go Missouri this game. Um, It's at home, I think. Mm-hmm. Missouri's coach, Eli Drinkowitz, is doing a great job kind of building morale around a team that has not had a ton of morale lately. They are 2-0 and to start their season. They're doing well. So I'm looking for a Mizzou upset here at Tiger Stadium. I got you. I got you. I like that. And then the big game, I feel like, for everyone in the SEC right now, or one of them, cause, but I feel like this one's for me, is probably the biggest, which is South Carolina at number one Georgia. Georgia's favored by 27, which is – I I mean, it could be that way. I think I'm just still high on Beamer Ball. And I am going to go with Georgia, but I could see it being close in that first half. I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. I think Georgia's going to pull it out. I don't know if they'll pull it out by 27 points. I am not high on Beamer Ball. I think he had his chance to prove himself, and – Things just are not going too well for him right now. So let's look to see. Maybe Beamer and Spencer Rattler will do something different there, but I'm having Georgia on this one. And then number 10 in the nation, Alabama now. I mean, it's crazy that they're now 10th. That is insane. Think about after these past decade of seeing Alabama, especially this early in the season, headed to South Florida, Alabama's also favored in this game by 32. Uh, not a hard pick. Got to go Alabama, especially I feel like Saban's going to probably rally the troops. and it, I think this will probably be a more like complete game by Alabama. Yes, uh, easy win for Alabama. Chance to prove themselves after a rough week. So 
I'll have Alabama for this one. <laughs> and then Louisiana Monroe is headed to Texas A&M. Texas A&M is also favored. They're favored by 36. Texas A&M, okay. With them, they're a team that on paper, every year you're like, okay, A&M, here we go. They're going to be good. They're going to be great. And then, no, they just don't. They just fall apart or something. I don't know. You know, now they got uh, Petrino, and they're at offense coordinator. I don't know what it is about a and I mean, I'm going to go with them in this game. I don't think they lose this, but I could see them probably struggle for no reason. And again, kind of like, because, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams that seems like it would be a cake, uh, Cape Cup kind of week for them and struggle. Like, I mean, you had Clemson this week struggle uh, against Charleston Southern, where was, I think it was like 17 to 21 and at, at the half. Insane thing about. But, yeah, uh, I got to go with Texas A&M on this. I still think they win, just probably a rough-looking game. Yeah, I'm going to take Texas A&M on this game as well. I think the difference in a game like this and the game they played last week is I don't think uh, Louisiana Monroe is going to be able to put up the points against A&M that a Miami team was, and so I think they will be better pressed to not struggle in a game like this that they should easily win. All right, and then we have number 11 in the nation, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee is actually only favored by seven, which – I feel like I would have them a little bit more than that uh, just because, like, I don't – I'm not too – like, I'm not high on Tennessee, but I don't think they're bad. And I, But also I kind of lowered my expectations for Florida, especially after the game against Utah. I know it is Utah. Utah is, is a really good team this year. But only seven, That that that's – I feel like it probably could be a little bit, maybe a little bit more, probably like 10 at least. Yeah, I think you can never count the Gators out when they're playing at home. Um, Tennessee has not beat Florida in Florida since, I think, 2003. So I think the Gators are on like a nine. Dang, I, see, I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's... So I think that has to do with them only being a seven-point favor there. But I'm going to go with the Volunteers winning that one. Yeah. I think uh, Joe Milton is going to find his groove. We're going to see that quick tempo deep ball offense that Tennessee's running right now that if you don't have a solid defense, it's really hard to find a plan to stop that. So I think I'm we're looking for a high-scoring game from the Volunteers here, and I just don't think the Gators are going to be able to keep up there. So look for Tennessee to end that nine-game away streak to the Gators on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going Tennessee. I mean, streaks are made to be broken. So Volunteers. Uh, then we have Vanderbilt at UNLV. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, they had such an exciting end to the season last year. I was kind of just hoping they'd be like really good this year for, for some crazy. I knew it would never happen, but I think I'm going with them. I uh, don't know too much about UNLV. I just, they're. I mean, I always just know they're a good basketball program. But when it comes to uh, this, I got to ride with Vanderbilt, even though they're only favored by, minus, by four. I also am going to go Vanderbilt here. Um, I think they've played consistent, solid football so far this season, so I think they're going to continue that going into this game. And then Georgia Tech at number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss has favored this game, obviously, but favored by 19. i got to go Ole Miss. I feel like they're probably going to be another game where they just blow them out of the water. I mean, Ole I mean, Kiffin's going to have that offense going. I mean, that, that offense just doesn't slow down. It's I feel like if Ole Miss had like a 
a defense like not exactly like Georgia. That's too much asking for, but close to the level like maybe just honestly an Auburn defense. That that's that's a top team in the nation. I feel like with their offense, just how well Kiffin does with play calling on that. So yeah, that's why I'm going Ole Miss. I mean Georgia Tech. I don't think they're. I think they'll look. I don't think they'll play terrible. I just don't think they'll be able to keep up. I'm also going to go Ole Miss on this one. Georgia Tech just has a new head coach this year. Hasn't Didn't look great in their game against Louisville where they ended up dropping it in the second half. So I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up offensively with Ole Miss in this game. And BYU at Arkansas. Arkansas is favored by eight. I'm feeling BYU, honestly. I'm kind of feeling BYU. Arkansas kind of struggled last week a bit with Kent State. I mean, they did win 28-6, to but I feel like playing Kent State, your SEC team, got to be a bigger win than that, at least probably 35-plus points. I And only they, I think, America, they only put up a touchdown in each quarter. So I, I'm kind of feeling BYU. I feel like BYU could kind of be that punch to Arkansas to either, all right, either you're going to, wake up and play harder or just fall apart this season like they have in years past. I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think KJ Jefferson is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, I think he's going to have a great game at home. He is had pretty good games this season. He, I believe Arkansas beat BYU last year, largely due to a big performance from KJ Jefferson. So I'm just looking for him to repeat that. He knows the team, knows how they're going to play. So I am a big KJ Jefferson supporter <laughs> right now and think that Arkansas is going to be just fine. And Akron at Kentucky, Kentucky's favored by 25. I, I mean, I got to go Kentucky here. I think Akron's already played an SEC team this year. I can't remember which one. I, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean <laughs> – Having two SEC teams, if if I remember that correctly, that's pretty rough for a schedule. But, yeah, I'm going Kentucky in this game. Yes, going Kentucky as well. All right, and then finally, Sanford at Auburn. Auburn 2-0. What – I mean, I'm picking Auburn, but before you say your pick, what do you think Auburn has to do to, to not let, like, in years past where you have a team like Jacksonville State come into Auburn and make it a 17-17 to game – just some like low score. What do you think they have to do to make sure that they like actually look like an SEC team, actually look like that Power Five school that they are? Like, what is it that Auburn has to do to just take care of business against Sanford? I think they need their offensive system to click on the passing side of the ball. I think they need to figure out how they're going to complete those deep balls and even those uh, short yards pass it, passing game. It's where they've struggled. It's even where they struggled against UMass, relying heavily on the Asher run in those games. I think they're really going to have to look to pass the ball more in this game and to do that successfully. Yeah, I mean, the the offense is going to have to step up this game because I think the defense will probably have them a lot of opportunities. I think it's like years past we see they get down to the red zone, field goal, had to get Carlson to kick it. This year, you know, McPherson – I, that's what I'm going to be looking for this. I think this weekend with that game is seeing, all right, we're in the red zone. Are we going to score or are we just going to continuously get held to like field goals? Are we going to like sputter out and just do nothing? So that's, I mean, that I feel like it's kind of telling going forward in the season. Uh, 
So I feel like either a big bounce back game for the offense, or we might just still see some of the same kind of like a uh, like a hangover from this cow game. So I mean, who do you picking? I'm gonna have to go with the Tigers on this one. You're not taking the Bulldogs. It's homecoming week. <laughs> um, they're favored, and I think they're gonna have them a good offensive redemption week. Really look to prove themselves on that offensive side of the ball after a struggle at Cal. Any players you feel like is going to be the, the player to watch out for this week? Um, I'm going to be looking out for Peyton Thorne to see things kind of coming together for him after some struggles in both the UMass and Cal game. So just looking for him to find his confidence, um, see more snaps. I'm hoping that we won't switch quarterbacks as much in this game and we'll give Thorne the chance to kind of get in the groove. But I think with that, he's going to have to be smarter with the ball and not make as many mistakes because I think Freeze tends to get frustrated when play calls don't go as he plans. So just looking for him to kind of find that confidence is going to be a big thing for me this game. I got you. I think the one for me is Jarquez Hunter. We're, I mean, I've, I feel like he might get more carries this game. It's going to be, I mean, his first game at home this year. So I expect him, I, I could see him having a 100-yard game, honestly, just kind of being in that home crowd of the welcome back and then just really getting that Auburn offense going. Cause I mean, run, like years past has been running backs carrying the Auburn offense. And as you said, for Thorne, you know, we're trying to say like, okay, can we throw it now? Cause I mean, so I mean, that's kind of thing, but I feel like we're going to see a lot of Jarquez this weekend, but that does it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please like, and subscribe, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any else where you get your podcast needs. And thank you for listening.